Well, I trust everybody's doing well. My name is Jeff Fuller. I'm the pastor at Living Hope Wesleyan Church, pastor at hopeforvermont.org. If you'd like more information, you can certainly contact me there. Thank you for subscribing and tuning in to the YouTube channel, Living Hope Wesleyan Church, and also a podcast on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Living Hope Wesleyan on those platforms. And again, the church website is hopeforvermont.org. One uh, tremendous thing that we have um, uh, the ability to take advantage of is being a part of a denomination, wesleyan.org, and uh, part of the Wesleyan denomination. We have several ministries, and one with a tremendous story, tremendous ministry, is Jody Lewis. Jody, great to have you with us. Thanks for having me. So tell me a little bit about yourself. Where are you located? I'm in the Grand Rapids, Michigan area, I'm born and raised just north of here in Greenville, Michigan. So we're big fans, as my wife is from Sparta. I mentioned that off air. Uh, talk to me about the Wesleyan denomination. When were you first connected with the Wesleyans? Well, I've been part of a Wesleyan, Wesleyan church. Org. Yeah, I've been part of a Wesleyan church for over 20 years, Cantley Community Church um, here just south of Grand Rapids. And that was really my first introduction to the Wesleyan church. Um, I grew up in a Baptist church in Greenville and um and uh, when I met my husband, we actually met at County Community, and the rest is history. And um, really just fell in love with the church itself. It's very much a community church. It doesn't focus a whole lot on the denominational level. So, um, so I really started getting more connected with the denomination itself as I moved further into my ministry role. And Jody, being at Kentwood, what does church look like these days with uh, with COVID? Are you meeting in person or is it just virtual, both combination? It's a combination. Um, we have been meeting uh, in person since June and um, started out with a drive-in format where they were uh, doing the service from the roof and then everybody parked at a distance in the parking lot. And we've really enjoyed that a lot. And They've continued that through October. Actually, last Sunday was the last Sunday of that and only moving inside when it was raining. So now it's going to be in person and socially distanced. We have a pretty large auditorium so we can accommodate uh, you know, a growing number of people in that setting. And then a lot of people are still joining online. Yeah, that's so good. And uh, one of the main reasons I wanted to have you on is a ministry that you are part of a uh, Hepsba.org, and I'm just going to pull up the uh, website behind me. It's Hepsba.org, but it's spelled a little funny or it's not a familiar word. But talk to me about Hepsba and your involvement with them. Yeah. So I first became familiar with Hepsba in my ministry role at County Community Church. I had started a ministry to orphans and vulnerable children in our local church back in 2004. And um, that was largely because of um, the passion that evolved out of my, my and my husband's um, adoption experience. And so um, I, I led that ministry for about 15 years, and I was invited to join a revisioning team for Hepsiba uh, Children's Home. And that's when I first uh, really started to get to know the ministry well. And... Um, and their, their vision for the future was very close to what I was already doing at County Community. So, um, so I felt like I had a lot to, to offer in my experience in the local church ministry. And um, um, by a, a long and drawn out process, 
uh, I ended up becoming the director of the newly re revisioned ministry and um, um, just realized over time that, that that's really what God had al all along. And, um, and I just needed to continue on with his plan in that. Well, congratulations, and we're certainly glad to have you on board. Hepsibud.org. There's a couple of silent H's in there, but you can uh, either watch at the YouTube channel, Living Hope Wesleyan Church, or um, on the podcast, you can listen, and it will be spelt out at the end. But um, Hepsibud is nothing new as far as a ministry. Behind me, there's a picture from uh, a few days ago or uh, a few years ago. Can you just talk about the origins of Hepzibah and why was it important for the Wesleyans really to take on this ministry? Sure. So um, Hepzibah was founded as an orphanage in 1900 by Betty Tyler. And um, she and her sister started the orphanage because some um, relatives had entrusted uh, some children in, to their care. So they returned to their family childhood home and um, it was pretty dilapidated from what I understand and fix that up. And God just provided again and again, there were so many times when they didn't have enough food to feed the children. Um, um, and they got on their knees and just prayed for God to provide. And he always came through. So um, that, you know, just set the foundation for such a rich history and legacy of the organization. So Hepzibah Children's Home, um, when Betty Tyler, became advanced in years and knew that she couldn't continue on with the ministry much longer. She um, went searching for uh, someone to take it over. And that ended up being the Westlands in 1922. Um, she entrusted the ministry to the Westlands and they took over um, the mortgage on, on the orphanage. In your opinion, why is it so important that the church get involved with orphans like as this began or just taking care of the poor and those in need? Well, it's a biblical mandate. You know, it's really not optional. Um, it's true and undefiled religion. And um, and I'll tell you that um, I think in my own personal walk with, with Christ that <clears throat> I've matured more in, in the times when I've been involved with orphans and vulnerable children than any other time. Um, I think it's truly being the hands and feet of Christ and that um, he blesses us in, in ways that, that we can't be blessed when we're, when, um, when we're only um, nurturing our own souls, and so um, it, you know, it takes it takes a lot of both. But but um, it's it's important for our own personal discipleship, and it's important for us in making disciples as well. well I certainly agree, and it's uh, Hepzibah sixty two four, and that comes from Isaiah sixty two four. I'm not going to have you quote it because I may have a different version behind me. So I just want right. to read that. Isaiah 62, 4. No longer will they call you deserted or name your land desolate, but you will be called Hepzibah and your land Beulah, for the Lord will take delight in you and your land will be married. Can you just share uh, what you've experienced as far as seeing God do miracles in kids' lives, but also those that serve these students, just the change that God brings into their lives? Mm -hmm. Sure. Well, um, you know, I, it, first of all, when you bring up that verse, it, it brings me back to when I became part of the, um, the, the revisioning team. Um, you know, I didn't really know what God had for me in it. I, I really just saw myself as a volunteer short, serving for a short time on this committee and, um, and then, you know, moving back into my old ministry role. 
And um, driving home from Indianapolis from some of these revisioning meetings, uh, I, I uh, felt compelled. We were, we were discussing, should we continue to, to have Hepsiba as a name and um, of the, the newly revisioned organization? And so I had my phone read the, the scripture to me several times, actually the entire passage. And it just really spoke to me um, as, as it was read. Um, and it revealed to me that, that Hepzibah, um, even though what an unusual name that's hard to pronounce and hard to remember um, to some extent, uh, just really, really, um, God made an impression on me that that, that was the name that, that should stay. And um, that whole passage, if you just um, take some time to read through it, it's just rich um, with metaphor and how we should be caring for the vulnerable um, by speaking up for them, by um, praying for them, by by caring for them, um, by advocating for them. So, yeah, I would just encourage you to go and, and read that passage. But um, seeing lives change, you know, orphan care is messy work and um, and yeah, I've seen I've seen all kinds of life change um, in in um, adoption, foster care. There have been all kinds of amazing situations, and you know, one that I'll just highlight uh, um, because it's so fresh in my mind. I actually um, was worshiping online with them on Sunday at Furnace Brook Wesleyan Church. Was um, an article that I wrote recently for Westlife about Pastor Joel um, Tate and his wife, Christine, and their, their foster care journey. Um, they started out just, you know, obeying God and becoming foster parents. And, and um, this little girl that came into their home, they just fell in love with her and really thought that, um, unfortunately, it didn't look like these parents were going to be able to do what it, what it, Need, what they needed to do to be able to reunify. So they started, um, you know, really pouring their hearts into what it might look like to have this little girl join them um, in through adoption. And as the process went on, they, the parents did start to do the things that they needed to do. They got clean, they got off drugs, and they started to take steps toward reunification. And so Joel and Christine came alongside them and they reached out to them even when they were initially rejected. And just over time, the unconditional love that they showed again and again to this, this um, couple um, eventually drew them into the church. And it's just a beautiful situation, beautiful story of redemption that I'd encourage you to look up in Westlake and read. Um, this is just one of of many, many stories, but again, it's messy. And, um, you know, there isn't always a squeaky clean ending to every story. You know, God has a lot uh, left to write in many stories. And um, sometimes we have to redefine what success looks like in, in um, the care of orphans and vulnerable children. Well, certainly true. And I say this tongue in cheek, but uh, I pastored the other Wesleyan church in Vermont. We love Joel Tate and uh, what they've been able to do at Furnace Brook. God certainly used them and their faithfulness. Uh, Joel is just a tremendous guy. They're a wonderful family. Mm -hmm. And that is an excellent story um, of what God can do as, as we make ourselves available. I'm just pulling up the website again, hepsiba.org. And my daughter, she's a junior 
in high school at a public school, and she just talked, uh, gave a speech about the importance of standing for the vulnerable, specifically the anti-trafficking. And as she did some research, again, she's going to be 17 uh, early December. She was just saying, Dad, this is unreal that this is taking place here in the United States of America. And it's such uh, big money. It seems as though some people don't want to stop it because there's so much money involved. Mm -hmm. Could you just talk? Uh, just one of the avenues that you help is with anti-trafficking, but can you just address how the church can get involved when it seems like society or culture would say the big money is more important than these kids' lives? Mm. Yeah. So, you know, anti-trafficking is a tough one because, um, because I think most people these days are aware that it exists and um, that trafficking exists and that, that it's, it's a real thing. It's a real problem. It's, um, it's, it's an insidious, um, dark, um, you know, force in our, in our communities and it's everywhere. And, um, but at the same time, it's hard to know, practically speaking, how to really make a difference because it is so underground and it is so dark and, um, it's scary to even think about how do you go there. Um, so uh, I have um, been in contact with some great Westlands that that have that have ministries in this area, and they helped us put together um, some definitions and really uh, define what the what is the church's role in in anti-trafficking. And you can find that on that the the page um, for more specifics. Um, there's a handout that um, defines all the different areas you can get involved in. But what I would say is that um, often, um, you know, there are certainly there are people that um, just take the bull by the horns and they say, okay, Lord, what, you want, what do you want me to do? And they, they start something in their community. They find the need and they, um, and they go for it and they bring others with them. But often, um, it's the church joining with organizations that already exist within their community and doing great work. And, um, and they, you know, these organizations need help. They need support. They need people more than anything to come alongside and, and rescue and help heal and restore and disciple and, um, and, you know, everything in between. They're just, uh, prevention is huge. Um, anti-pornography efforts, uh, prison ministry, um, you know, changing the attitudes of, of men toward women and children is often a big part of it. So um, there are a number of ways that the church can get involved, but um, you really have to, um, you know, uh, just look at your context and, um, and educate yourself about, about what's going on in, in your specific community and find find ways to partner with those that already exist and and if if there aren't organizations that exist maybe you're the one that god is calling to start it yeah i think that's wonderful and for those that have even quote secular organizations it's great when the church can come and say we have common ground especially with this anti-trafficking and just work together so we aren't trying to duplicate the wheel or tell the community that we think we know how to do it better. We just know we have the answer and we're available to help others as we as we work through it. Uh, 
So something that my wife, I keep saying this and it's going to come back to get me probably in a good way, but I was adopted. My brother and sister were adopted with three different Korean families. My parents couldn't have biological uh, children of their own, so they adopted. And so my son is a freshman uh, in college in Grand Rapids, Michigan. My daughter, as I mentioned several times now, is a junior. And so my daughter keeps telling my wife and I that maybe we should look to foster or adopt. And I jokingly say, uh, no, it doesn't work. But I know how much it uh, works for me and how um, how much joy I've been granted in the grace of God and mercy and just fabulous family here in Vermont. Can you just talk to those like myself that understand fostering is so important, even adoption, but might be hesitant or reluctant? Is that just selfishness and pride, or what other factors do you think Christians need to consider before they engage in this ministry? Well, I always think that it's it's absolutely wise to know what you're getting into because um, lots of people have gone into adoption or foster care blind, and um, and I think that lack of preparedness can really blindside you and um, and get you into trouble at times, but but. You know, there are plenty of times when God uses those those of us who went into it unprepared and, um, you know, changes our hearts in amazing ways in the process. So um, I wouldn't necessarily recommend that you go into it that way, but um, God can use it either way. Um, I would say that um, that, you know, adoption is not for the faint of heart or uh, foster care is not for the faint of heart. It. Uh, it, it, and it's not for everyone. It is a step of obedience that God, God needs to call you specifically to. And so um, if God calls you to it, then there is huge need. And um, definitely there are, there are foster parents needed in, in every, every community all over the country. And not just foster parents, but good foster parents. Um, so that every child has the opportunity to have not just a placement, not just a, a bed to sleep in, but an ideal placement that meets their needs so they can hopefully continue in the same school, be in the community where their family is so um, they can work on the reunification. Um, and so there's never going to be a good time. Um, you know, if, you, if you're waiting for the perfect moment to do it, it's never going to come. So if God is calling you to do it, uh, you should take a step. That's uh, a great reminder. Again, Jody Lewis, org, making some time and sharing. And uh, as I pastor a local church, uh, the Wesleyans, wesleyan.org, certainly has different ministries that they would like us to support and be a part of. Can you just talk about the importance of local churches partnering with you in the ministry that God's called you and us as a church to be a part of? Absolutely. Um, so partnerships can can take many forms. We have partners that are actively involved in ministry to orphans and vulnerable children, maybe multifaceted even, depending on the church. And so we want those churches as partners because they can um, continue to do the great work they're doing. They can benefit from the, the things that we can offer to supplement their ministries, but um, they can also be models and mentors for other local churches who are working uh, looking to get into the areas um, that, that they're already working in and have experience in. So 
that is one important aspect of it. It's joining that movement of God that that is you know spreading throughout the Wesleyan denomination and throughout the Christian community all over North America. And then um, there, on the other side of that, there are the churches that um, that maybe haven't um, been involved much in outreach in, in recent years and are you know, feeling God's call to, to get something new started, to really start investing in their community. And we can help to provide direction um, for that particular context so that they can get a ministry started in their church and start creating awareness and getting their congregations involved hands-on. And then there's everything in between. You know, we have great churches that are doing um, really effective work in their communities that are underfunded, under-resourced. And so we can come in and, and partner with them with some funding, um, with some support to help them connect with other denominations or other congregations that are more resourced and have have um, uh, finances and um, and servants' hearts, you know, to give and to be invested in that that local church and ministry that's under resourced. So it really runs the gamut. It's very individual, and that's why our coaching calls are so important because um, we can help sort that out one on one with each church. That's really good. Again, Jody Lewis makes some time. Uh, the Wesleyan denomination is an international denomination. Uh, Hepzibah, is that strictly within the United States or do you have other branches that go uh, international? Yeah, currently we are, our scope is North America, so the U.S. and Canada. And we, we, we kept that scope um, focused on those two countries for the time being because um, because, you know, child welfare in in the United States and Canada in recent years um, has has been, um, I think, neglected a little bit um, by the church as a whole. And so, you know, we're trying to bring more awareness to what's going on right in your own backyard. And um, of course, I, I am not um, trying to, you know, put anybody down or, you know, it's more of a challenge. It's um, uh, when, when the government took over foster care, um, you know, I think one of the unintended consequences was that the church largely stepped out. You know, the government was taking care of that and it's not always easy to partner with, with, uh, the government. So there is this new movement, um, relatively new movement for the church to re-engage and really develop partnerships with, um, state and county offices and other organizations and agencies working in your community. We can all do great work together and, you know, we're all needed to solve the problems of child welfare in our, in our communities. But the church is a vital piece of that. I, I strongly believe. So um, there's, there's so much work that needs to be done and anybody that works in a, a county or state government office will tell you, that the government's important for keeping children safe, but they cannot replace the love of a family. And the church can provide that kind of family support, um, the mentoring and the discipleship. 
Well, I couldn't agree more. And at risk of sounding political or being accused of being political, I just think uh, sometimes the church has abdicated our responsibility. And then we complain about those that we abdicated the responsibility to and say, why doesn't the school or government or our town do a better job when really God's called us to uh, really take care and reach out as the body of Christ for those. Um, so the mission statement is equipping and mobilizing local Wesleyan churches to transform the lives of vulnerable children. When you define children, explain, do you put an age on that or a grade? But when it says vulnerable children, what specifically do you mean? Yeah, it really is any, any um, child from pre-birth to um, really um, even, even young adulthood. Um, you know, kids that are aging out of the foster care system are not ready for adult life. They still need me mentoring. They still need, they still need families. You know, there in many states, there are opportunities to adopt even adult, um, adult children. You never stop needing a family, you never stop needing a place to, to um, come home to and to, you know, be, be your guide as you go through life. And so, so all of those ages are important, you know, uh, Science and research is showing more and more the impact um, uh, of um, trauma in the womb, and um, you know, so protecting those preborn kids is is just as important as as taking care of them once they are um, once they've entered the world and, and been born. So, so it really runs that whole um, spectrum of ages. I, I agree. <laughs> I really agree. And I say I agree so much that our, our LAC better uh, start reading the uh, free download guide and seeing how we can get involved as a local church. Because um, as I'm reminded, it's not just the preborn children, but it's a family that we can help the whole process and be there for the family as a local church. That's just a, a tremendous resource that we have as Christians just to provide. Um as we talk about the free download guide on the website, hepsba.org, is that primarily for pastors or is that just for people looking to get involved? Where can people find information about Hepsiba and getting involved individually, not just as a congregation or a local church? Yeah, the, the download, um, our, our prayer mobilization guide is really for everybody. Um, it's for leaders, it's for individuals, it's for families. It's a great thing to pray through together as a community. So you could use this in your church um, and, and um, agree together to, to pray through it and, and then discuss and, you know, see where God leads. And, um, you know, it's a, it's a short guide, so it, you can go through it in seven days or seven weeks or however you want to do it. But it goes through really our seven key areas of engagement with Hepsiba 62.4, which um, really represents a holistic view of caring for orphans and vulnerable children because there are so many different facets. There's so many ways to do it. And if every church, every individual did something, um, just think of the impact that that would have on our vulnerable kids and their families and our communities. So, um, Otherwise, um, I would highly recommend signing up for our email list because um, you'll get a much better feel for, for what we're doing, you know, on a, on a weekly and monthly basis through that and opportunities to give and to engage with HEPSPA 62.4. And also, of course, on our website, there's a lot of great information on there, too. So, Jody, um, now a few personal questions. Sure. 
Are you ever overwhelmed by the vastness of what this ministry entails? Absolutely. I think it would be um, hard not to be. <laughs> Probably impossible, really. Um, and I've been doing this for a long time. And yeah, the, the, uh, the task is daunting. Um, and that's why the church is so important. Um, you know, the church is the most powerful institution on the planet. And um, if everyone in the church was doing their part, um, you know, I just, I just think about how, how exciting that would be, you know, how the world uh, would, would see Christ in, in new ways because, because the impact would be there. And so, um, you know, I feel like, the the challenge is twofold the challenge is awakening the church and um and you know it's often a few people in a church um doing a large majority of the work and um and that we need to flip that on its head and and just um you know show show our neighborhoods and our communities and our country and the world that that god is doing a new thing here so, you know, when you break it down um, to smaller pieces, it becomes solvable. You know, is is one child impacting one's child life? One one child's life is that important? Absolutely, that makes a difference, and that can actually change entire generations. So, um, yes, it's daunting, but it, um, there's hope. You know, and there's hope in in Christ and 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 the, the challenge that he's, he's presented to us to be involved in the, in the lives of people who are vulnerable. Now, did you grow up with strong Christian parents, or did you come from a broken family? Where, did, where do you think this uh, fire and passion came from that God's using you in this role? Well, I did grow up in a Christian home, um, and we were very involved in our, in our um, local church. And so, you know, I know that, that my parents influence. Uh, did have an impact over the years, but really, um, you know, when I, I think my faith really started to become my own was after I, I moved out of my house um, that I grew up in. And particularly in this area, when my husband and I adopted our first two children um, internationally, um, I, you know, I thought we were doing, just doing building our family. We wanted to build our family, but this was a really cool way to do it. Um, kind of adventurous. And, um, and at the same time, we can, we can love and care for some kids that, that really need a home. So it seemed like a win-win, but I had no idea how God was going to change me in the process. And so we came home and I, you know, this fiery passion that you talk about, um, it, it started probably, um, very much in a real way when we were in Russia and just seeing the scope of the need, visiting orphanages, realizing that so many of these children were not going to have parents to go home to. And, um, and just seeing all the need there really opened my eyes to what the church could be um, in, this, in this equation. Well, Jody, thank you so much. I just want to read the scripture again, Isaiah 62, 4. This is the New International Version. No longer will they call you uh, deserted or name your land desolate, but you will be called Hephzibah, 
and your land Beulah, for the Lord will take delight in you, and your land will be married. Uh, Jody, would you just be so kind to um, lead us in prayer uh, as Christians, but also the local church, that God would open our eyes to see the felt needs and know that he has equipped us just to meet those in his strength and his power. And we just thank you so much for what you're doing to be a part of the Wesleyan denomination and just to be able to support a ministry like Hepzibah. Uh, thank you for your leadership in, um, in this ministry. Yeah, absolutely. I'd be happy to. Let's pray. Lord, I just thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for Pastor Jeff and his ministry at his local Wesleyan church. I just pray for that congregation as they're going through um, this strange time um, with everybody else in our communities. And I just pray a special blessing on them that, um, that you will just lead and guide in, in new ways during this, this time when we're having to make adjustments and transitions, um, that you will show them new avenues um, to, to serve you and to express your love to their community. And I just thank you for Pastor Jeff's um, willingness and openness to learn more about Hepsiba 62.4 and the work that we're doing with vulnerable children. Um, I, I pray that um, you will, you will um, help them to have a hunger to, to learn more about the needs of their own community and, um, and how they as a church can fill a vital role in that community in serving vulnerable children in the child welfare system and beyond. And I just pray that you will give them really clear um, direction and um, in your wisdom and that uh, many lives will be changed as a result of um, the plan that you have for them. I just pray for the, the role of Hepzibah 62.4 within the Wesleyan Church throughout the U.S. and Canada, that you will continue to lead us and guide us um, to where you have us to be working um, in each, each day, each week, each month, each year, and that you will just continue to um, multiply exponentially this movement that you have started um, to give each church the tools that they need and the direction they need to um, impact their community, the vulnerable children and families that you've placed before them. And um, I thank you for this day and for this opportunity and pray all these things in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Jody, thank you so much. And I uh, just want to make sure I have it correct. It is H-E-P-H-Z. I-B-A-H dot org. Hepzibah dot org. That is correct. Jody, thank you so much. We wish you all the best. And uh, thank you again for just serving God and leading others as you do. So enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you so much. And again, that's Jody Lewis, org. My name is Jeff Fuller, pastor at Living Hope Wesleyan Church, pastor at hopeforvermont.org. If you would like to uh, email me, certainly do so. Hopeforvermont.org is the uh, web address, and you can find this on the YouTube channel, Living Hope Wesleyan Church, or Google or Apple Podcasts, Living Hope Wesleyan. We thank you all, and we trust that you know that God loves you, and he's for you, so let's be for others as he loves them as well. Thanks all. We'll talk to you soon.